OTBGAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Right, very welcome along to this week's episode of the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. With me in studio is Phil Egan, and on the line we have David Connolly this morning. Gents, you're both very welcome. Um, David, how are you? Good morning, guys. Very well, you? Our flash poll this week was how many goals will Erling Haaland score against Liverpool on Sunday? All the Liverpool fans came out and still 30% only was the zero. 15% say one, 31% say two, and 22% say three or more. So uh, one in five football fans think he's going to do another hat-trick this weekend. What do you think, David? What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I, I think... Jeez... Um, I think I think he'll definitely score at least one. I think he'll score, but um, uh, another hat trick. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't put it past him. I guess. Look, if Liverpool defend as they did against Arsenal, then he could easily get a hat trick. You know, because I thought Joel Matip and 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 Trent were, were you know were really disappointing. So you never know. But I don't know if Trent will play. Look like probably be Joe Gomez, but. Matip will still be there because I thought Matip was, was miles off it against Arsenal and if he plays like that then uh, yeah Haaland could have a field day It looks like Kanata is going to come in though right yeah. he, he is fit and you've got to stick straight to the team now because yeah. there's a crisis well, he, he came on for Matip um, yeah. and we were told it was because Matip was injured but Matip was having a shocker it's actually been a strange one for Matip because I would always have said that he was your he was part of your first choice central defence when he's fit because we we knew he had issues and last season was kind of went against the usual Matip seasons he's had a couple of seasons on for Liverpool where he's been fit but even you think back to the first game of the season he kept giving the ball away he obviously has that ability to break lines and, and bring the ball out but he kept and he did the same last week he started passing the ball to Arsenal players and actually when Kanata came on I thought it was because Matip was having such a bad game Klopp said after it was because of an injury now I mean it's a nice excuse to have yeah, and yeah. it turns out Matip is injured but Kanata he definitely um, yeah you could see and that it. improves things though right he's, he's just that bit quicker he's obviously he's strong and I think if he had been there for the whole season beside Trent Alexander-Arnold maybe things might have been a little bit different but well he doesn't have the stench around him that the rest of the defence has so he no. might be I mean or either and he is good from a set piece. He scored against City in the cup semi final last season, um, and you're there was yourself into this, aren't you? There was a spell where you're he like, was scoring goals. Oh, I, I actually, I firmly believe this is not the worst game for Liverpool to have. Like I, I said this about and Godfather Two, just when you were at, yeah, we're but dragging you back in. I, I, I said this about United when they played Liverpool, where a game like this can turn things around for your season. Now, could be say half six on Sunday evening and you're going right this is 5-1 yeah this is a shocker Like, yeah. but if Liverpool were to get something even a score draw which they did twice last season then who knows they might kick on and start picking up more points yeah I, I, I don't know what your take on that David is that whole importance of confidence like we did see them absolutely uh, cut loose once already this year and then it was a complete island the, the 9-0 was not reflective of performances either side of that the 7-1 
hasn't been reflective of recent performances in any way um, but is there a possibility that they can learn from the mistakes and actually build on it this time? Um, yeah, I get, look, look, I guess so. I mean, I, I thought Rangers were, were really disappointing. I mean, um, I think Alan McGregor had a lot of plaudits from the first from the first game, but I thought you know a lot of the goals were avoidable. Um, that they're, they're obviously going to be facing a much better defence and goalkeeper. Uh, I I, st- I still I still as a Liverpool fan, you know, a boy a Liverpool fan, I I I think it's going to be very difficult for them to to get something from this game. I do so, um, you know, even if Canate comes in. I think coming on and starting against Rangers, I'm not too sure that is the the ideal prep for going to face Man City. So I, I think he's got to get up to speed really, really quickly. And I think it's going to be a big challenge for him up against Man City tomorrow uh, on Sunday. Is there anything in City's for midweek or was that um, them a little bit after the Lord Mayor show, a little bit kind of bored by the challenge knowing full well that the group is going to be grand for them and they're going to be okay and uh, is that is that what that performance is down to or is there yeah yeah I think so yeah I do I do I mean look when, whenever you're facing like uh, you got to remember they were down to 10 as well the team that they selected um, you know obviously given you know a, a few of the uh, I guess you could say Gomez coming in I know it's still a strong team Alvarez up top but down to 10 men for the best part of an hour is going to have an impact on you, but you know they'll they'll go again, and it's going to be you know look if Liverpool don't win this, are they ever going to close this gap to the top? Probably not, because if you're looking at the six points off, right, the six points off, say top four, you know, so what will be a successful season for them now? You know, because the, the, there's no way they can challenge for the title, so it's got to be top four, and they're still six points off. Um, you know, and the, the, yeah, uh, the form city are in, even even the Champions League midweek, they, they won't lose too much sleep over that, yeah. that draw. They just need to fulfil the fixture. I, it's a good question. What does success look like from this point for Liverpool? Like, uh, a, a deep Champions League run. Yeah, well, they're... A restoration of form, yeah. belief in the style of play, players coming back to what we know. That, that would constitute success at this stage. Still being alive in some competitions. Yeah. But top four is, is the be-all and end-all. They have to be in the Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it, it's not like a case of sometimes you see Manchester United miss out in the top four and then the Glazers are forced to... Invest a quarter. I was going to say million. dip into their pockets, but it's yeah. not really their pockets. But we won't get into that. But Whereas I don't see FSG as the kind of owners that think we miss out in Champions League. There's 250 million. Make sure you get back in next season. Now, what would constitute success would be Finishing in the top four, as you said, maybe good run in the Champions League, but also coming back to form and surely having players identified to come in. Because I know we'll go into the game in more detail, but all like the defence is getting a lot of stick this season. But for me, all the issues are down to that midfield. That that is what won them the the Champions League. That's what won them the the Premier League. That engine room where. You didn't get any time on the ball against Liverpool. Now you have so much time, and it's mad they all have dropped form at the same time. But you look at their age profile. But Fabinho surely shouldn't be out of as form as badly as he is. 
Should he? Well, see, the role he plays is to protect the back four and, and clean things up. But the problem is there's so much space. So he in, needs the energy beside him. He's too getting better. dragged around everywhere. And like a team like City, like it's interesting, obviously, uh, to, I heard some quotes from Spalletti, the, the Napoli manager. He was just talking about systems. And I know Klopp is obviously tweaking systems at the moment, but he talked about systems during the week. He was asked about, and he said, there's no systems in football anymore. It's like it's about finding space, and when you you have to have the courage to get the ball into that space when you're under pressure, and when you are in that space, then you use it to the best of your ability. Well, City are the best team at using space, so there's going to be a lot of space in that Liverpool midfield on on Sunday, and I can see that's why Klopp is trying to play four attackers because he's trying to make sure that the opposition can't get out, but they're still getting out, and that will be the worry. Now, I, I do think playing at Anfield will obviously make a big difference for Liverpool. But, yeah, there's going to be some some hairy You're moments. excited and worried at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. That's kind of where Liverpool are at at the moment. It was like last Sunday, you think, right, give nothing away. Arsenal are going to make a strong start. 58 seconds. And I know Liverpool, to achieve all the success they've had under Klopp, their mantra has been attack and attack things from the start but sometimes you have to think just use a bit of common sense like the the start at the Emirates the, the free kick at the end of the first half you're thinking you've got yourself back in level terms Nunes has scored go in and reset at half time no they tried to play a clever free kick into the box they get picked apart in the break and then they're 2-1 down at half time yeah uh, it, it has been an issue um, what about um, that Phil brings up Spalletti's talk about um, systems and space, David. It certainly seems that the very best teams, when they're playing really well at the moment, uh, they have players who are very comfortable without space. And that's the type of, that's the prototype of the player. I'm thinking specifically a city here, right? Um, but even yeah. even Real Madrid, like their players are all very comfortable with somebody up their ass trying to kick them and still making passes either around the corner or just a little shimmy of the hips to buy enough space to play through balls. Yeah, I mean, look, Spalletti, I think there was there is a manager that, that said that before Spalletti last season, Carlos Carvajal, used to be manager of Sheffield Wednesday, you know, that 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 sort of was the first one to start discussing, forget formations and, and and things like that. It is it is space or players on the pitch. And I understand that a little bit. Look, rewind it back a little bit and, and Phil was talking about say the, the um you're talking about the age of the of the Liverpool team, right? Now, when they were coming into the like the last few seasons, they were kind of coming into their prime. They're, I think they're the 18th oldest uh, team now in the Premier League, the squad. But Man City are only a couple of hundred, you know, a hundred days younger, you know. So I, it's, it's so difficult because you, when you're the manager, you're picking through all this to find out, like Klopp has been saying for a long time, maybe you know why they've dropped off, and then people look at the age profile of them. And granted, you know their age profile is one of the oldest in the in the league. But as I said, you, you know I, I wouldn't place too much stock in that. But I don't think some of their players are playing at the particular level that that they were previously, right? So if at the weekend he's going to play Gomez and Simicas as the fullbacks, for example, who's he going to play in front of them? Because whoever he plays in front of them, if it's you know the 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 youth that they've got, albeit as very talented as they are. When they don't have the ball, I think they're a real risk. So whether it's Harvey Elliott or Carvalho, I don't know who's going to play wide in front of those two fullbacks. But whoever does, if you look at last, the last time they came up against a really good team, where 
the likes of Martinelli was, you know, outstanding out wide and he was allowed to come inside, go outside, even when they doubled up on him, their defending was bad. It does make you wonder that Liverpool's fullbacks, if they are against Man City and their wingers and their fullbacks, they're going to be really, really exposed, regardless of shape or, you know, players in particular places on the pitch to exploit the space. I mean, you know, you can pick holes in, in a lot of the goals they conceded have just been really bad individual errors, irrespective of they had people in the right places, but they just didn't defend individually well enough. So, I mean, um, it, it, sometimes I think you can look a little bit too deeply at, at some of this in terms of like space and, and, and age profile of, of, of the squad. Ultimately, a lot of this is down to like individuals really bold, bold, like performing well below their level. What's going to happen? I know it's, it's, it's always important in football, but the first goal just seems like it's going to be so crucial on Sunday. Obviously, Liverpool are conceding the first goal in pretty much every game this season. And if that happens again on Sunday, then I fear for Liverpool. Whereas if they score, then they have a chance. Like if you're City going into this game, we should talk about City and, and um, give them due deference here as well. Um, I, just before we get into this, Alan Shearer wrote in The Athletic yesterday that if Harry Kane was at Manchester City, he'd be scoring the same number of goals as Erling Haaland. I was like, I'm not quite sure it'd be the same. He would score lots of goals, but is he is Harry Kane as good as Erling Haaland? I'm just not sure. What did you make of that, David? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Harry's a, a, like a, a different player. You know, you look at him in midweek, say... His, his involvement for Son's first goal, you know, brilliant touch, hold up play, wonderful left foot through ball. Um, you know, he gets involved in the in the play uh, a little bit more. He's not as quick, obviously, so he's not going to score the goals that race away and get him away like uh, a Harlan does. So, however, I think he's a far better striker of a ball than Erling Haaland. I think his technique is second to none, Harry Kane's. Um, but maybe not quite as much of a as a, as a sort of a physical presence in and around the penalty box as Erling Haaland. Yeah. So he might score like seventy five percent of the goals that Haaland scored, which would be loads. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. It's two yeah. goals instead of three. I mean, obviously my yeah. maths are so sixty six percent, but um, it would still be very good. I just I can't see him doing the flying scissors kick to the far post or the like twenty yard slide with the left foot to ping it in uh, he'll, yeah. he'll score other goals but yeah he will but they, what they did they probably didn't want a number 10 like uh, uh, sorry you'd call Kane a 9.5 right you'd, he can play 9 or 10 he's a 9.5 I think Erlen Haaland's an out and out number 9 you know yeah. so that, 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 that is what City needed yeah and they've got it and they've got it in spades and that's why I'd be worried if I'm a Liverpool fan that if I'm, if I'm City in that dressing room this week I'm like this team Keep telling us they're our main rivals and look at them. They're a wreck. They're yeah. a rabble. Last week, Arsenal cut them apart. Let's go and kill them. Let's go and have a signature win here that everybody remembers in history. When, when we look at the old videos of the AC Milan team, the 4-0 in the Champions League final, that's what they want. Yeah. De Bruyne are running the game, killing them. Even Jack Grealish scores. like that, And they're like, hey, even you scored. Do you know? Those type of celebrations. If I'm in the city dressing room, I kill them. Yeah, no, and, and that would be the worry for Liverpool. And, and Jurgen Klopp did his press conference earlier and he was asked about Haaland and he said, you know, we're facing the best team in the world, the best striker in the world. 
so how do you stop it and he like I mean when you say it he's got to cut the supply out but he also said if you put too much emphasis on putting men around Haaland then De Bruyne gets more space Bernardo Silva Cancelo obviously we know comes in as well um, you know he, he contributes to the attack so De Bruyne would be the one that you look at that ball that's played across the penalty area all the time Haaland is knocking those in now but if there's one that's pulled back to the edge of the area De Bruyne seems to be there all the time and he even scores when he's like, even when he's the one whipping it in it's like, yeah. how did that happen yeah, how you, did you get there so fast so th- but do, hey, do, do you not think lads you remember when, when they were playing Arsenal they, they, they replayed clips of Jürgen Klopp talking about Martinelli what a talent he was hmm. Well, you know, look how they defended against Martinelli. Uh, like, so Erling Haaland, it does make me, that's why I'm worried about, about, their head, about how they're setting up. Because even when they covered and double teamed on Martinelli, they still allowed him to, to get free. Like, you go back to the, the you know, the goal um, Saka scored at the back post, mm-hmm. right? So I think Jordan Henderson come across as one of those holding players, right, yeah. to, to defend against Martinelli. So what is Jordan Henderson's job there? His job there is to force him down the line. What's Trent's job? Stay oh, on the inside yeah. and not let him come in field. Instead, Trent overcovered, ran past Jordan Henderson and like allowed Martinelli to come back in field. Like the defending was was awful from those two. And you think, right, well, all game you know about the threats of Martinelli. This is not even, you know, this is this is for Saka's goal. Never mind. The others, you know, and I don't know. So that that's, that concerns me about about. We haven't even about talked about Phil Foden, who always yeah, plays well exactly. at Anfield, and that's yeah. probably going to be the side that he's down. And it's going to be Gomez up against him. And I kind of wonder will Klopp go back to a four-three-three and use Henderson on that right hand side, basically the Salah Henderson Gomez down the right-hand side and then you've Kanate and Van Dijk and then you've Robertson back in at left full. I'd imagine Robertson starts. How did they end up against Rangers? Well, four four two. They went four four two. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, so, so you can't. You, they won't be able to. That's why I say that those wide the wingers for uh, for 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 Liverpool in the midfield are going to be so important. You know, plugging the gaps. And the thing is, on the counter, then they've got no Luis Diaz, and no. I think well, Luis Diaz is yeah. is the one who could really you know hurt them in behind. But they they don't have that threat either. So. I'm, I'm pitching Jota in that position. I actually prefer Jota on the left-hand side than through the centre. On the left-hand side of what? A four oh, or a three? Of a three. I think of when he, think when four, three, three he, when he arrived at the club and he started playing on the left um, and he started scoring goals and then obviously he came in through the middle. He came off the bench against Rangers and looked quite sharp. Um, Nunes is scoring. He hasn't got that goal at Anfield yet. Um, so, but what? Like, I was encouraged by Nunes even in the 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 Anfield game against Rangers even though he, he didn't score he was getting into positions and yeah. then he scores against Arsenal so yeah, I don't think he's the bust that we're being sold by a lot of people are very anxious to anoint him a bust and I, I'm not I'm not buying that just yet you you believe in Darwin Nunes I do I think that like tricky enough start a lot of expectation yeah. nobody around him playing well he's carrying a lot of the can for that because he cost money and they never spend money except like when they do and he hasn't been as good as Virgil or Allison because they're the previous ones who we spent money on. So he has to be that good. It's like uh, cool the Jets a little bit. He here. has to. He you spent that much. You spent more money on them than Haaland, so surely it has to be better. Now, when I say that, yeah, I mean officially. Officially, yeah. they spent more money. But what do you think of his finish the other day, David? Like it just showed some of his chances this season. I felt that he snatched yeah. at them. But funny enough, then the goal the other night, he just stroked it in. 
Yeah, but I mean, uh, if you go back to say you you go back to the um, to the goal, say against uh, Arsenal, right, mm. where it was made by the Liverpool playing playing quickly as probably when they're at their best, and the ball in was absolutely sensational from from Diaz. It was sensational. Nunes wouldn't score unless that was put on a plate from from him by by uh, by Diaz, and and you know they're gonna have. I guess similar sort of time against against uh, City as they did against Arsenal. Whereas against Rangers, you know, they 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 they, they could finish at will. You, you know, so yeah. although uh, it's gonna, it's hard to it's hard to compare to what they're gonna face. You know, I think it's an ideal game, a warm up game for them, but it's it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be uh, uh, completely different. The bonus for them, though, player we haven't touched on, who's been brilliant, you know, is uh, is Bobby Firmino. <laughs> You know, who's been absolutely sensational, right? And um, I remember, you know, I played with Adam Lallana at, at Southampton. And I remember when he first went to Liverpool, like after a while, I started saying to him, right, what the, who's good? Who's, who's, who's really good that, you know, you're not, people don't really sort of, well, you do talk about every Liverpool player. But he said, uh, Firmino. He said, he is just absolutely incredible. And um, I mean, I know Liverpool fans love him, but he's always been told that he never scores enough goals. Well, you know, now, like, it, obviously he's banging in the goals and he's, he's at, his all-round game, you know, his touch, his technique. I mean, I love watching that guy. I mean, he is just class. So they've got him playing well, which is a bonus. OK, so... You can't actually leave him out. No. Even, even, like I mentioned, the Nunes finish. Who set it up for him? Firmino. And, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It well, wasn't, it was, let's just pick this like, 4-4-2 and a 4-3-3, right? So if it's 4-4-2... Who are the four in midfield? So is Mo Salah playing on the right wing in a four-four-two? If they go that way, yeah, he's not leaving Salah out. He just scored. A he's not no, no against Man no, City. So <laughs> is he playing on the right wing? Is that and or is is he playing up front? I mean, I'd I'd play him up front. I'd yeah. play Mo down through the middle. But I, he's not. They can't play a four-four-two. They will not play a four-four-two mm. against uh, against Man City. No way. You would, so you imagine four-two-three-one maybe. Yeah, I'd imagine so, yeah. But the, still the issue there is, and this happened actually with the Rangers' goal. And do you still not see 4-2-3-1 week in, week out and go, oh, thanks lads. Yeah, but sometimes I, I feel with City, as, as good as they are, that they're so used to having things their own way that sometimes they can get caught out where, like you think back to the Newcastle game, when you actually can get, the problem is, it's can you get at them? But when you do, you'll get chances because they've obviously they'll take the risks and only leave a few players back but then you know you might score one against them and the 4-2-3-1 allows you to pick everybody yeah but I still would worry like even Jota and like if Thiago plays I look at the first goal everyone was looking oh can then Trent side Thiago went to press didn't get there and just left the big gaping hole that Martin Odegaard ran into Henderson then was overpowered by so many players coming through and Thiago did something similar for the the second goal as well. And the Scott Arfield goal the other night for Rangers, he's running through, and you're looking, you know, where's the Liverpool midfield? They're okay, ten or fifteen yards behind him. Prediction time. We spent way longer on this, but it's the it's the game of the season so far because it could end Liverpool's season. Like it well, would, Klopp was asked, "Is it a title decider?" He said, "It is, but not for us." Yeah. Well, but if if City <laughs> win this, is it over? Is that what he's saying as well? Like if if City were to put a statement win here, it's just going to crush the spirit of everybody. Like City are going to win the league anyway. I know it's a matter of I, I think it's a matter of how much if Arsenal can maintain some kind of a challenge. But anyway, uh, prediction time, David. What's going to happen? 
Um, I, I, I think City will. I think City will win. You know, three uh, one. Yeah, I'd be leaning towards like both teams to score, but City to win. Okay, so two one or three one, four one. See if 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 two becomes three, three will become four. That would be the worry for Liverpool. Yeah, but as I said if they get that first goal, who knows? Anfield will be rocking half past four on Sunday. Stephen Doyle and Damien Delaney on commentary duty for off the ball. You'll hear it live on off the ball on News Talk. The earlier kickoff is Aston Villa against Chelsea on Sunday. Also on Sunday, it's Real Madrid against Barcelona in the first Clasico of the season. That one is live at three fifteen on Premier Sports. Spurs and Everton is 5.50 on Saturday evening and uh, Leicester Crystal Palace is half past 12. Leicester Palace is BT Sport and the 10 to 6 kickoff is on Sky Sports for Spurs and Everton. The football kickoff with Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can fly through some of these. Leicester versus Palace. Uh, Palace were a goal down and then came back to win. It was their first victory in a long time. I've been relatively impressed with what Patrick Vieira has done. It's kind of... Um, it'll be interesting to see how long he gets to implement a style of play and for us to be able to establish that that's what, exactly what he's trying to do because at the moment they're definitely um, playing a lot on the counter but this is not what Leicester want a team where there'll be an expectation from the fans at home that they'll win the game David there'll be pressure on them very early on oh yeah yeah oh a lot of pressure I mean geez. Uh you know, at the minute, Brendan sort of seems to be saying the same things week in, week out. And I think, uh, you know, the kind of support for him is quickly sort of uh, draining away, you know, with every bad result. So, um, uh, you know, the, the the win against Forest sort of, you know, they didn't then back it up. Obviously, going to Bournemouth, I was at Bournemouth the week before and Bournemouth did OK, very basic. Um, but some of the defending, like for the for the for Billings' goal, was dreadful from from face. And what two signings, one in goal. They're desperate for a goalkeeper. You know, would they bring Schmeichel back? He's not. Apparently, he's been on the bench three times at Nice. Not going well. They they're in dire need of a goalkeeper. Um, and they're up against Palace side. They've got some really good players. You know, um, Eze was in my youth team when I was Millwall's under eighteen manager. He was in my youth team, so he scored a great goal last week and. You know him, Zaha. I mean, they've got they've got some really talented front players, and I think it's I think it's going to be a difficult game uh, uh, for Leicester because it's kind of like if you keep if you keep maybe Madison quiet, you kind of you know you yeah. you, you kind of you kind of kept Leicester quiet. You know, does Vardy start? There's a few things he's got to think about because Dak has done you know sort of come in and done quite well, but he's got Vardy there as well. Is Patrick Vieira any good? I do, do you know what I. Do, it's it's hard to say, right? I mean, they're operating in a in a team. I think he's made some good signings, some good youngsters. Gerhi is a terrific fullback. Joachim Anderson at the back is excellent, um, and there's no doubt he's tried to change things around in terms of of how they play. So I, I think he, you know, I think he's he's done all right so far. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's too early to to be reading too much into what's happening because he he could be a genius and that the team is doing about as well as it should be given the relative spend. Yeah, yeah, and obviously a lot of people talk about other former Premier League midfielders in the likes of Lampard and Jared, and there's Vieira. And remember, Lampard was meant to take that Palace job, so you wonder like what Palace would be like now with Lampard in charge. But well, we get to see at uh, ten to six what Everton are going to be like against Spurs. This is like all these games are big games because they started the season badly. They've yeah. started to recover a little bit. The team is playing slightly better. They're still not like winning games or not winning games they should win they're not drawing games that they shouldn't get beaten in but there definitely is an uptick in improvement in form 
Is that fair? In Everton, yeah. I, I think uh, Anthony Gordon's out. He's suspended. He picked up 50 yellow cards. Um, but Onana, I think, has been an excellent sign and I really like him. Um, I think they've recruited well getting Cody and Tarkovsky experienced defenders in there. Obviously, Pickford, for all his critics, he's been brilliant this season. Yeah, and, I mean, that conversation about who's going to be England's number one at the World Cup isn't even a conversation anymore. By not playing a few games, he uh, definitely helped himself. Yeah, but like I think his performance in the, the, the Merseyside Derby was sensational. Think back to the Chelsea game last season where he was unbelievable. But it's, it's hard to make a case for Everton going to Tottenham to get a win. But we know how they're going to play. They're going to try and sit in and play in the counter-attack and, yeah, good, and frustrate Spurs. And maybe that's not... Maybe Spurs haven't quite perfected the art of winning these games. I mean, their their results this season have actually been slightly better than their performances, although the performances might have got a bit better as well from a Spurs perspective in recent weeks. Yeah, and the thing with Spurs, the way they play, is they don't control games. Conte has them set up to... You know, Smash and grab. They, he sees it as control because he's got his defensive set and he thinks, yeah, yeah. you can have possession and then when we get it off you we're going to hit you on the counter-attack and I mean look they're they're doing pretty well in the league obviously the the Arsenal performance aside but it's a case of again if like they, they hammered Everton last season and you kind of feared for Everton and Lampard but credit to Lampard he's, he's definitely turned things around the players definitely enjoy playing for him the fans are on the side but I would still expect Spurs to, to win this. I'd be interested to see it as Matt Doherty start because obviously Emerson Royale is still suspended. Doherty played last week against Brighton, did pretty well. Made one good block where he was getting high fives off all his teammates. Played very well in this fixture last season, but that was before the injury. Yeah. David, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think what will hopefully give Everton a boost is if, if Calvert-Lewin starts. You know, because I, I think they're a different, completely different, as we know, completely different team. You know, he's a completely different player to Neil Mope. Um, I think he's one of the best strikers in the Premier League when he's fit, Calvert-Lewin. Um, so I think if he plays, it'll be a little bit different. I mean, you look at the, the sort of trouble that Frankfurt caused Spurs the other night and you think, well, you, you, you never know, right? I mean, you never know if Calvert-Lewin's available, whether he would sort of pose him similar sort of problems. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I think for Everton, they've got Newcastle next as well. Two tough away games, right? And um, I think they just want to, they wouldn't want to lose two in a row here. So I think it would be a case of, you know, as, uh, as Phil was saying, just, just be pretty dogged defensively, try and grind it out and just see maybe if they could get him, hit him on the count, they get something because, you know, Newcastle away is another tough one. What you don't want to do is keep losing like, you know, you lose one, don't lose two in a row. And I'm yeah. sure that, that is what they'd be thinking. They'd be happy with a scratchy nil all for sure. Aston Villa against Chelsea is the early kickoff on Sunday. Um, Phil are on an unbeaten run at the moment. <laughs> Four games unbeaten, sure. And yet the fans still are on the verge of turning the atmosphere toxic at Villa Park. Um, so I, I don't know. David, I'm, I'm interested. I'm a Villa fan, so therefore I have no perspective on this. But what do you think of the job that Stephen Gerrard is doing at Villa? Um... Yeah, I mean, look, it's. It, I mean, I've I've been watch Villa a couple of times live. Um, some, sometimes it's been a, it's dip, you know, it's been a difficult, it's been a difficult watch. Um, Not sexy football. <laughs> Not sexy football. No, Very no, boring. And, yeah, they've had a lot of criticism, haven't they? Like especially over here, you know, they've had a lot of criticism. Um, you, you know, Talksport been, you know, had a few pretty critical. Uh, pundits on there, you know, in terms of going to Villa Park, and you know the fans seem to be 
sort of saying the same. So um, I, I think if they'd have lost to Forest, I mean, this game would have been even harder than it was. But but nonetheless, they're struggling to score goals. I know he started Coutinho and Buendia against Forest, which I guess would be the one game that you would play those two in the same team. Because previously, you know, you just, when they ground it out previously, like you just wouldn't start either of them. But I think at home, they're under a bit of pressure. So what does he do against Chelsea? Because I think, I think if he starts them both again, the form Chelsea are in, I think they'll get pulled apart. But then it just means then they're just going to be playing very dogged and disciplined and fighting for scraps and probably lose. And then it, it'll make Villa Park even a harder place to go. So I think he's got a difficult decision in terms of his team selection. Yeah. Uh, against Chelsea, really difficult. They, the best performance of the season so far was actually against City when they drew one all, and that was a massive shock. Like, yeah, massive, and we were. Shock. I remember we were in the studio the day before, thinking this could like a hiding could be. Yeah, they've scored seven goals this season, and, <laughs> and they've looked. I mean, they've, I, it's it's seven different scores. So when Ashley Young scored the other night, he became their joint top scorer for the season. Um, it's, it's not good. And actually, David, I'd be interested when you went to watch Villa. You know, when you tactically look at a team, did you know like what was the game plan for for Jared and Villa? Because that's been a criticism when you watched them. Like, what is the identity of a Stephen Gerrard team? Yeah, it's it, it, it is hard to say that. I mean, I I I look at some of the players that he's recruited, and you know, you would you would probably say that what sort of style or philosophy do they fit into? Um, because they're not a ball possession team. Um, they don't have the pace, really, apart from a Nolly Watkins to hit you on the counter. You, you, you know, they've got a lot of good players that are penalty box players or good in and around the box. But um, so it's really difficult for them to then to play sitting in and hitting on 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 the counter. So it's it's difficult. I, I think um, Stephen Gerrard doesn't have an affinity with that particular club, does he? And I think you know. It looks like he's on borrowed time there. The only thing is, he has an affinity with Christian Perslow, who of course was at Liverpool and understands the mythology around Stevie G, but he's not Stevie G anymore. He's Steven Gerrard's football manager. Stevie G, the footballer, was you know somebody who could put everything on his shoulders and rescue things by a moment of drama or something, but that can't happen. And he keeps talking when he's talking to uh, the media about the players need to step up in the moment. I'm like, that's not really a plan. Looking for yeah. a superhero. I mean, that's not yeah. a plan. And and also, Stevens, that he's not a field coach, right? He's not out there, sort of like a uh, a Graham Potter on the grass or a Guardiola, you know. So he's more an impact sort of manager, you know, that observes observes training, watches training, feeds them information. Ironically, but in terms of sessions, that might work better in international football. He might be yeah. a great England manager who gets the team together for a week, G's them up and sends the great players out if there's a good coach there to make sure the training isn't boring. It sounds like you want England to take Gerrard away from Villa. That would be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and obviously pay, pay his... compensation as well. You know, he, he spoke so highly of, of, of Michael Beale who, who's left and... Doing a good job. Doing a good job at QPR. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you'd, you'd Look, wonder. But, I mean, it's been a pretty good start from Graham Potter. It's been amazing. He's good. The transformation is complete. He looks like Calvin Harris. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. um, Calvin Harris himself said it. <laughs> he said, I'm looking pretty well when he saw yeah. Graham Potter on TV. But he's also got, seems to be settled at the moment on Sterling, Mount and Aubameyang. That's kind of his, his three in attack. 
But yeah. I, um, and he's he's picking the young American player that the young American uh, America and the uh, the owner is like, yeah, that's good. He, you know, all this stuff. He's just played the game really well. Yeah, it's what's going to be interesting to see now is when they get their their sporting director in and what kind of players they sign, because there was a feeling with Chelsea over the last few months that they were just signing players that were tipped to go to other clubs and that can work I mean it Is works it? for for several clubs where yeah. like, they've uh, done the scouting for us well their playing squad was so good already that you're not diminishing it and there's no real opportunity cost with Chelsea because they have so much money that like if you sign him you can't sign somebody else it seemed to be we can sign him and him absolutely and so uh, he'll, have a, he'll have a couple of windows I think it, it, it's hard to know who the, have they announced to the director because they, they wanted somebody who wasn't going to be available until after the end of the season and then it was like well we're not going to wait and then it was like Todd Bowley's like yeah I will I'll do this job I'm enjoying it yeah I think Todd is yeah, enjoying it they're trying to they're trying to get in the lad uh, Joe Shields who's at who's at Southampton at the minute you know who basically I think he used to work at Man City in the youth and then he brought uh, a few of the, the the younger Man City players um, over to Southampton Labour for example and I, and I think I think Chelsea bid fifty million for him just in the window so I think I think Southampton signed him for fifteen but I think he had a I think he had a fifty million he could go back to Man City for fifty so I think Chelsea offered fifty something like that wow. so I think he is coming in I believe he's he's talking to. Uh, to Chelsea at the minute, so obviously a lot of turnaround in the backroom staff. But I mean, Graham's done a, he's yeah. done a great job, great job. Liverpool, Liverpool want to get themselves sorted pretty quick. Uh, Chelsea are coming, and they're not going away anytime soon. They've got owners with deep pockets, and it looks like they've got patience with a good young manager who's not going to be fired when the results uh, suddenly go. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think. So. I, I think that he's Bowley's guy, and um, you know, in, in America, you get a long, long rope. Not, it's not quite the same. Right, Real Madrid against Barcelona. We, we previewed this in detail with Graham Hunter the other day on the show, so we don't need to go into too much detail here. But um, you should watch you should watch the Clasico just as a rule in your life. Quarter you past three. It's going to take you nicely up. Last yeah. fifteen minutes, you might miss. Well, you've got a, it's it's an option between that and um, the end of the the Villa Chelsea game. But I think a lot of people were quite satisfied to see what happened Barca the other night when they didn't beat Inter and looks like for the second season in a row they ain't getting out of their group in the Champions League and you think of all the money they spent and the way they did it. Um, it's amazing how a club can be so revered um, not that long ago it's, and now it's like, like the, the, the reputation is, is completely different and you find yourself looking and even Xavi is there who was part of this great Barca team and you, not many people are rooting for him. No, and I don't think uh, Graham made the point really uh, that like the style of play has yet to be established. He hasn't, they've been bad this season. Their defence in the Champions League has been abysmal. They've only conceded one goal in La Liga but that's not the true story and this weekend could be very, very interesting for them. Um, but that's pretty much all we've got time for. David Connolly, thanks very much. Phil Egan, thank you very much. The uh, football kick is with Sky we're live every Friday morning around about half past 11 it's all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel we'll see you next week The Football Kickoff with Sky watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports